God. Blue pens, red pens, yellow pens. I got pens for days. For days. You, you know a guy, he needs a pen, you send him my way. I set him up with a pen. You tell him, you tell him Big Al sent you. You just tell him to bring his medical card, okay. all right? Give him 5% off. Like it's nothing. Like it's nothing. For you, for any, for any friend of yours is a friend of mine, you understand? It's a very good Natasha Leone. You're doing. <laughs> All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Movie Blues Podcast. I'm Dan Lyons. And I'm Natasha Leone. <laughs> Tip your bartender. <laughs> listen, listen. Do you know how much smack I used to put into these arms? <laughs> now look at me. Now I play on a show where I put smack into my arms. It's like the next best thing. As you can tell, we uh, currently have Natasha Leone in the studio. Thanks for coming in, star of American Pie. <laughs> yes, you might know me from American Pie. You might also be familiar with some of my other work as well as American Pie 2, um, American Wedding, and a brief appearance in American Reunion. Um, not my favorite, but what's a girl going to do? You're slipping into Bernie a little bit. Yeah, you got to just gotta go, the 1% and the 2%. Plus the 8%. Which leads us to today's film. <laughs> which leads us to today's film, um, which is uh, pretty much Hunger Games by way of Tommy Laren, a.k.a. The Hunt. Yeah, I was going to say by way of, uh, of uh, oh, God, what's uh, Rachel Maddow? Rachel Maddow? Yeah. Like, what's the name of her show? No, I was going to say by way of Rachel Maddow. Oh, yeah. I don't know. I don't know. It's either one or the other. It's, it's a hard it movie to pin down. It depends how you, you know, I bet everyone who watches this movie sees it very differently. Even though no one on the right will ever watch this movie. And with that being said, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, today's episode is about The Hunt, which is a brand new question mark movie uh, that has now come out to question mark your TV. But um, the real story is that the movie was yanked uh, from its original release date due to a mass shooting. Then it was rescheduled for March 13th, 2020, uh, and then it was affected again by uh, the global COVID-19 pandemic. Um, and this movie has a, has a has a has some roots on the Movie Blues podcast because we were first exposed to it through a trailer before Crawl. Yes, that is correct. We saw a trailer for this and Ready or Not, which now I've seen both of those films, and they uh, both. Um, were better than I thought they were going to be from the trailer. Um, but uh, yeah, due to the closure of movie theaters during the COVID-19 pandemic, Universal announced that the movie would be available uh, to rent from Friday, March 20th, 2020 uh, to the 22nd with a 48-hour viewing window for $19.99. Um, this is uh, interesting. It was one week after hitting screens after having been pulled from its previous release, uh, which uh, is part of an interesting conversation. Um which kind of revolves around a couple people. Uh, one character who is um, essential in this conversation is Jason Bloom, who is the producer of many horror films these days um, that are low budget, meant to make the most money possible. And uh, he's been absolutely killing it. Um, and uh, he's kind of central to all of this uh, in the sense that being the producer that he is, he gave a uh, recent interview about the whole COVID-19 thing and said that a lot of movies uh, in the future are going to be released for about two weeks at a time um, in theaters and then go straight to digital uh, in this 2099 rental option. Um, so that's what we're seeing here. Uh, Do you which, think we're going to see a resurgence of drive-in theaters? Well, it's already been happening, actually, uh, the past couple weeks. The only box office figures that have come from any movies have been all drive-ins. So it's possible. 
That's great. There's that one not too far from here. There's a documentary about it on Prime Video right now. I tried to look um, up a few different drive-ins in our area, but they all seem to be closed due There's to COVID-19. So Mahoning Drive-In Theater. Right. There's a very interesting documentary about it. Um, for anyone who's interested in um, anachronistic movie theaters and central Pennsylvania, <coughs> check out uh, Drive-In. That is a niche market. Yeah. <laughs> that both of us are definitely in. Yeah. On board. <laughs> Um, so, yeah, uh, you know, the producer of this movie happens to be central in kind of the debate about what's going to happen uh, when movie theaters inevitably do come back, which it's now looking like the end of July. Um, they're going to start opening again. So we'll have to see what happened during this break. AMC went under, which was pretty sad. And um, wait, what happened? AMC uh, pretty much went under. Uh, they were about to file for bankruptcy last week. Uh, I'm not sure exactly what happened. I think maybe filing for bankruptcy is actually the only way they may be able to save themselves. Yeah, I mean, there's lots of different types of bankruptcy. There's like, yeah. you know, Chapter 7 versus Chapter 11 are two entirely different things. Um, but yeah, the long and short of it is that shit is fucked right now, my dude. I mean, if there's one thing, one industry that I felt probably had the liquidity to withstand being closed for several months, it would be movie theaters. You'd think so. I mean, they're selling $19 the, bottles of water. Them, laser tag arenas, and arcades <laughs> seemed well-equipped to weather the, this storm after they dumped all of their liquid assets into converting into 4DX. Yeah, the most important decision of their lives, obviously. It was the most important decision of my life. Because um, nothing, so, nothing... So AMC, for that, I salute you. Nothing stirs up uh, the COVID-19 germs like being forcibly shaken in your seat for two hours. Dude, what if it came from that fucking mist that they were spraying all over our faces that, throughout? That mist might be the only reason we don't have COVID-19. I'll have to get back to you on that. Honestly, that seems way more likely. <laughs> I just have, like, a pr pr uh, protective film over me. What are you um, drinking? Over, what are you drinking over there? What you got? What you sipping on? I'm drinking a tangerine a white, white claw. claw. All right. Yeah, I ran out of scotch, so it's time for me to go back to work on Monday. That's uh, that's a white claw. That's uh, like the color white as well as a claw. So if uh, anyone knows anyone who works at White Claw, we are accepting sponsorships. I prefer the grapefruit one myself. Anyway. And I just want to say that it doesn't need to be a white claw. Could have been a black claw, but such a company or drink does not exist. Yes, for obvious reasons, given the current political climate. So speaking of um, extreme cowardice liberalism, um, <laughs> we, uh, we watched a movie. Um, it was called The Hunt, and uh, bringing it around to more movie blues uh, masterpieces, it was written by Damon Lindelof of Lost yeah, and what is that about? Watchmen fame. Um, the co-writer of the movie was also the co-writer of The Leftovers and also worked on Watchmen, the TV show, with Damon I, Lindelof. I was shook when his name came up in the opening scroll. I, went, I, I was just like, what? Uh, so th is this about to be good? Um, that's a good question. Um, <laughs> it wasn't. It was a it lot of things. It wasn't a good question. Um, I, it was a lot of things. Uh, I don't really want to get into that. <laughs> yeah. It was a movie yet. for sure. It was a movie for sure. Now, we thought we were going to have this, like, huge episode about this movie. It turns out it didn't happen. It turns out we're still doing it. But, um, <laughs> you know, Dan watched it before me, and we were fully intent on this being one of the finest episodes of our podcast. Um, no pressure. It felt like it was really going to bring all of the themes that um, you know underlie the podcast together in one piece of media this was really our moment 
See, Dan and I, we're not exactly left. We're not exactly right. We exhibit and inhabit both uh, sides of no, the spectrum. No, 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 no. I'm, I'm, I'm far, far left. Oh, yeah, you're far, far left, Mr. Hold up in your fortress of guns. Yeah, when you go far enough left, you get your guns back. Yeah, That's- just like in the hunt, the liberals who were hunting conservatives. No. Those were real the- liberals, huh? They must no. have warmed your cockles. No, no, those were those were straight. Those were liberals. So basically, what we're hinting at is that this movie, uh, if you have not heard of it or you have not seen it, just to give you an idea of what you're getting into, it's basically um, a kind of Hunger Games style battle royale, royale style. People are dropped into a purge-like situation, um, but instead of the rich versus the poor, instead of uh, one class versus another, it's just the left versus the right. Um, Um, The essence of the movie is a a satire on the relations between the left and right about um, internet culture. Yeah, yeah. it it had a lot. There's a a there's this whole underlying theme of the reason the conservatives are all able to figure out what situation they've been dropped into is because there was like an internet Reddit conspiracy theory, like uh-huh. kind of kind of riffing on like the whole Pizzagate thing. It where, was much like Pizzagate, yes. yeah, where they were like, "This is that thing." Like they all knew about Manor it. Gate, uh, it was called. Yeah, in the movie. it was called Mannergate, exactly. Where liberal elites uh, kidnap a bunch of red state people and hunt them for sport. Now, and- I want to be really careful as we go forward about a couple things. The first of those things is is spoilers because to be honest, there are some fucking really big spoilers in this oh, movie, yeah. and I'm trying was... to figure out how to handle that. Um, well, well, you would have you would have known how I was going to handle it had you not so rudely interrupted me. Well, you were about to fucking blow it. I'm assuming. I, I wasn't. I wasn't. I was um, about to address exactly that. But you know, by all means, Dan, <laughs> I'm, I'm going to step out. I'm going to step back out and tag into Natasha Leone to <laughs> take over for me and go have a smoke. Um, so uh, while well, Natasha's having a smoke right, right I, I, I heard I, I, I heard you messing with my mans over there. <laughs> I swear to God, I'm not. Um, <laughs> uh, the fuck were we even talking about? Uh, I don't. So, I would. I, I'm I so wrapped know. up in your character work, honestly. <laughs> I'm, trying, I'm, I'm really trying to take this show in a more like stern vibe. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> more by the numbers. <laughs> Um, I'm trying to get that ad revenue, son. Uh, so um, there are some massive spoilers in this movie. I don't know if we should address them because I am trying to recommend this movie to our listeners. Um, I know you might not be. No, I am. Um, but I don't want to ruin certain aspects of it, which is going to make it kind of a bummer to talk about in certain ways. But um, safe to say that we can even talk if about what have... we think about the twists. Sure. Even if you have seen the trailer, um, it plays very much on your expectations of the movie that you're going to see. Yeah. It plays very much on your expectations of who is the central character of the film. It plays very much on your expectation of who is the star of the movie, who is not the star of the movie, <laughs> yeah, who yeah. is the good bo- good uh, guy of the movie, who is oh the bad God. guy of the movie. I just realized another way this movie um, encapsulated the podcast. How's that? In that the first male what we thought would be like male protagonist in the film is the star of this is us. Oh, see, I would not know that. Yeah, you would have. It I'm meant sure a lot to me. It meant I'm a sure lot you to were me. Electric at that I really, point, though. I, I mean, I really liked seeing him stretch his range. Was he like the the very good he was looking like the hot, like hunt? The hot guy? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that that gorgeous fucking man. 
Let's say he packed a lot into a very brief performance. <laughs> yeah. uh, he expressed a great range. Um, this movie was hilarious with the the futility with which it would treat yes. a celebrity. Yes, yeah, and again, we're, we're, we're tiptoeing very close to a couple spoilers, yeah. but at the same time, safe to say, there were some fucking surprises in this movie that <laughs> subverted my expectations, not in like a, a dick-biting Ryan Johnson way, but in, in like a, a, holy shit, I wouldn't have thought to do that there. Like, that felt really fun. Um, so, uh, I, I think the crux of what I did feel... Did I dream this, or did last time we got together, did you tell me that Ryan Johnson directed Brink? He did. No, Brink? What are you insane? No, uh, Brick. Brick. Yes, that, that is on the pod. He did, <sighs> in fact. It's a good movie, Brick. The director of this film, who's named uh, Craig Zobel, hasn't done very much um, other than uh, another movie called Compliance. I don't know if you've seen. Um, no. Compliance is based on a true story and is a really fun little character piece movie. Um, it's about a fast food worker who is accused of theft... Um, uh, as her boss, uh, th- eh, this synopsis isn't good. So basically what it's about is there's a girl working at a fast food joint and her boss gets a phone call from a person pretending to be a cop. And from there, this person uh, directs the boss to essentially torture her employee and do horrible things to them because she's a supposed criminal. It's based on a true story of a guy that really called up a fast food joint and said, you know, I'm a cop. One of the people who is working there is a criminal and I need you to isolate them and interrogate them for me. And it went all the way to its end point and was a completely insane true story. And uh, just anybody who wants to see a movie that sounds, you know, based on the kind of thing that I'm saying, I mean, this movie compliance is wild. Um, Yeah, it sounds great. I want to watch it. And it's a movie very much about compliance. The entire movie is about what would you do if under the compliance of another person, you know, who said they had authority. I know you like kind of those themes, too. Uh, It's like that classic uh, psych test. Where right. you know the having the people push the buttons, knowing that to like electrify someone. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Someone, um, some, some psych major, who's in the bedroom above me, is currently yelling <laughs> the name of it. <laughs> the um, Stanford Prison Experiment. No, that was a different one. No, that was something um, else. This remind something you said. But this is the a total Stanford s- Prison Experiment did it in, involve yeah, it's the some same compliance. Thing. Some yeah, level. so this is a total side note. But um, have you ever seen the movie Visioneers? Visioneers? No. Yeah, where it's uh, it's Zach Galifianakis living in like this like office space ass hellscape where people's heads are exploding. No, sounds fun. Uh, all right. Well, something you said made me think of it, but you haven't seen it, so uh, we should watch that. Okay. It's like uh, it's a movie you would have gotten back when you got Netflix DVDs in the mail. Mm, classic. I was thinking about were you were you a were you a Netflix subscriber? I actually you, never did that. No. Oh, dude, it was so awesome. I was, and I was then they too, made. I was too chained to Blockbuster. Mm. I well, couldn't made, betray them. When they announced the streaming thing, that was like 2009, probably. I was like, that's never going to work. <laughs> and, and I was like, you know, it was only going to work for people like me who had already had their laptops HDMI'd up to their TVs. But the selection when it first came out was hilarious, dude. Like, it was like they basically just took random things from people's. Uh, shopping carts in their Netflix things and we're like alright we'll get the rights to that like it would be like you could look up like a Phil Lesh live DVD on Netflix streaming hmm. there'd be like a hundred things and two of them would be like string cheese incident like petty 
Yeah, it was crunched the fuck. <laughs> crunched. Yeah. Oh, I love that I'm getting emails every time you update any of these projects. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> Keep them coming. <laughs> um, so I, I want to uh, I want to say a couple things uh, about this movie from from a kind of a broad point of view, right? Because this movie was pitched to us as the satire between the left and the right. Um, you know, basically. Red versus Blue was the theorized title that apparently um, this movie was going to be called. So I thought that that was going to kind of be uh, where I derived all of my pleasure from would be the satire elements. But I realized that I actually enjoyed the movie more as a horror film and as a as just a general movie than it was the most biting satire like was there satire yes there was a lot of satire that i really liked i mean there was lines that i thought were genius like when one uh person on the right like a trumpy falls into a pit of spikes um yeah, uh, she said. Uh, she goes, "Kill me, you fucking snowflake." She goes, "Well, yeah." At one point, at one point, uh, Trumpy yells, "Go to hell!" And a liberal responds, "I don't believe in hell." <laughs> and like that kind of shit, I thought was just so funny because not only are they playing on left and right, but they're also playing on really funny movie tropes throughout the whole thing. Uh, like through the lens of a left versus right thing there was just a lot of um funny just like just just details that were so good i mean like you had a guy on the right who looked like a piece of shit from florida and then they confirm like 30 seconds later like this guy is from florida and i was like okay and then they zoom in on him and he has a teardrop tattoo and the teardrop is the state of florida (laughs) (laughs) like that kind of detail you cannot you know Take it as you will, this movie, but like that is fucking genius. Like there oh, yeah. were moments that were just so this funny. This movie, this the satire in this movie did almost nothing for me, but the kills were did a lot for me. I did. Once I stopped trying to take it as anything even slightly seriously, I was just like, this is, but I don't know. We'll get into the negatives later. It was like more of a, like a mad TV experience than it was like a deeply introspective look at, at relations between no, the left and yeah. right. It, it, was was like, just, it was just, it was, it was so nihilistic and like, just like, oh, both sides are exactly the same. Look how stupid everyone is in each way. I but actually like, think they made the left look far worse than the right throughout. And moments, yeah. What did moments, you feel in terms sure. of balance? I mean, a lot of the reviews said, you know, both sides get skewered, which I agreed with, but I found the, the people on the right were far more sympathetic because they're the ones being hunted. I think that that was done purposefully to make the movie, like, even palatable to exist. But ultimately, the people on the right were still, for the most part, complete fucking assholes and idiots as baseline characters. Yeah, I mean, I, but the things they said were funny... Uh, like, like in a in an affable way. Like they would say things that were like, "Oh, that's that's funny." They they would say that. It wasn't a f- like I was mad at them. Yeah, like I expected. I, to I be. would say I would say that it was probably a little bit more. I'm not going to say that it was more skewering the left, but it was skewering a very ty- specific type of like elitist Democrat liberal. Yes. Um, that, like, deserves to be skewered because they're the worst and person. And, like, there is a hundred but, other ways that they could have done all of this and tones that they could have taken. 
but I think it was just a decidedly zany approach. Yeah, I think their intention was to be super casual, like, fuck politics, man, both sides are equally dumb, when, like, you know what, it's not true. One side is worse than the other. (laughs) Like, just like, it's just... Sorry, Joan, I don't know who you voted for, but probably Trump. And I don't care. Like, one side is for sure worse. The things that are happening on a daily basis are fucking insane. Like, there's one side that... Yeah, yeah, you know what? They fuck up and they're misguided, but like the other side like actively hates you. Yeah. Like it's like, kind of like the the Israeli Palestinian thing to me, where it's just like I feel like one side actively hates the other a lot more and therefore it becomes very tough to view it correctly for me. Yeah, yeah, except these ones happen in America, so they directly impact us yeah. when like there's like no social security and they're trying to shut get rid of the post office and like the whole government is just like moving their firing people and that are supposed to be investigating them and it's you know you know one side's like uh we might be misguided in like yeah we're disrespecting your religion a little bit by like wanting to allow abortion but the other side is like we should be able to set up the borders so that black people aren't allowed to vote or their vote doesn't matter <laughs> and that's what they do and then their people then equate both of those things damon lindelof comes out and is like look how both equal these sides are they're so yeah. dumb like you know what? I see where Liberals from. are completely elitist, and I hate the Democrats <laughs> equally as much as I hate the Republicans. But okay. in terms of people who see the world from a left lens yes. versus a conservative lens, it's an like, easy draw. like you know, m- morality is a debatable concept as to like there's no such thing as objective morality. But like you know, one side of the people can for sure get fucked because they're just selfish like their entire worldview is selfish the other people are just stupid in the way they want to go about making shit better mm-hmm. they're just assholes and, and idiots so you know what in, in, all right because like, like the, the, we're, we're living in a world where we're about to have to like fight like we're about to have to vote for joe biden just to like hope just joe fucking biden bro like the be- the argument to vote for Joe Biden is so that the Supreme Court doesn't have a fucking like seven to two supermajority. Like, so we have to vote for Joe Biden. Like, obviously, no one here is going to say anything nice about the Democrats. Joe Biden, I literally hope he dies of coronavirus tomorrow. I'll go on record of saying that you can send this to his whole family that me in Philadelphia, I wish death on Joe Biden. But and that brings us that uh, said, to our first plug for the day. Our sponsor <laughs> is the Joe Biden campaign. Um, <laughs> so, look, um, we could talk about all day how flawed and completely insane uh, both sides of the coin are. Um, and that is an important discussion to have. But instead, let's talk about movie it's stuff. It's like the difference between people who casually, just in conversation, like there's that race car driver recently who was like, did you see this this car driver that was like playing PS4 and got recorded dropping a hard R? And it wasn't even at a moment where he was like too pissed off. It was like him testing his mic. He was like, oh, no one can hear me. And then he just like said the N word. Hmm. It's the difference between those versus like the misguided old people who sometimes accidentally refer to like an Asian country as Oriental. That's like Joe Biden. Right. <laughs> <laughs> um, so uh, let's talk about um, a couple things that I think worked well about the movie. Let's talk about a couple positives that I think were extra special with this movie. First off, right off the bat, any movie that starts with Emma Roberts in a mouth gag is good in my fucking book, Bramigo. <laughs> 
I forgot Emma Roberts was in the movie. Um, Emma Roberts' performance, I'm not going to give away too much about it, but it was incredible. If there's anything you should do, see this movie just to see Emma Roberts. Her role is fascinating. Yeah, and man, what a, what a character arc. I know. I mean, she was one of the only characters, I think, that really went from a, a place that was unexpected to a place that was just heartwarming. So I felt really good about it. Yeah. Um, and um, that's Emma Roberts from uh, the the Turnkey's nephew. The Turnkey's nephew, a.k.a. the Black Coat's <laughs> daughter, one of the finest uh, horror films on Netflix. Dan does not like it. Uh, neither did any of the people he showed it to. I think it's fantastic. We'll talk about that some other time. Um, if you want to watch two women speak in a hospital for an hour and a half with one of them bowing at a furnace momentarily in between. This is the movie for you. I just got chills of you even describing that. Just, just <laughs> bowing to a furnace brings it all back. Um, I thought that the lead of this film, uh, actress named Betty Gilpin, who I'd never heard yeah, of before. Yeah, where's she from? Oh my god, she was incredible in this movie. She had she, so many she related to, uh, Perry Gilpin to, to of Roz? Fraser fame? Yeah. No. <laughs> Whack. Whack. Yeah, um, that sh- that's, there should be like a sag thing I about that. I thought she was one of the best horror heroines in a long memory. She uh, did yeah. a lot of nonverbal comedy and reactions. That she gave me a real young Allie Larder vibe. Yeah, yeah, better than that. I mean, Allie Larder's pretty Al- awful. Allie Larder of Cherry Hill, New Jersey fame. <laughs> um... So I thought she Shout was out, incredible. Um, I thought that Hillary Swank, dude, Hillary dropped Swank in a really good performance. Absurd. Um, I don't think she's been utilized like this in a while, and it was her a blast. Ex- her exposition dump at the end was like you know the classic exposition dump that we despise. But I was just like, this is just so fucking stupid and absurd of a twist that. I loved I'm, I'm it. Fi- that like I'm I'm fine with this. I it's- mean, t- without going too far into the twist, as it were, um, if you think about the themes of the movie, if you think about what it's trying to say about um, how we prejudge things before we know more about them as a culture, which I think is like a kind of a theme throughout that that really. If you come into the movie thinking you know why everything is happening because you've seen The Purge, or you think you know where all the characters are headed to because, you know, you've seen other movies that really are similar to this. Because you've watched the news. Right. This movie has some curveballs up its sleeve, for sure. Yeah. Um, not really in the satire department, which mostly they was They were curveballs that felt, that felt smarter than they were. Yeah, that's David Lindelof for you. <laughs> His whole body of work is making things that seem smarter than they are. I mean, Lost is so dumb when you really break it down, but when you watch it for 148,000 hours, you get so vested in it. And like, I, I do love that about David Lindelof because there's two kinds of, t- of storytelling these days with sci-fi genre movies. There's the kind where you either tell everything up front and you explain everything to death, or you try to leave a sense of mystery to it, even if that means sometimes it's going to fail, even if that means, you know, it's it's not the best idea. Like, was this the best execution, even from a writing standpoint, of the satire aspects of it? No. Of the horror aspects of it? Maybe not. <laughs> but in combination with each other, I think with enough funny satire and with enough amazing kills, it just had, it was just a full meal. Like, I felt 
uh, very satisfied after watching this movie. It did not feel like it was lacking anything unless you needed it to be a, a perfect satire that skewers the people you want to see skewered, which, you know, I mean, that's too specific anyway. I, I liked it. It was taking lots of swings. We can say that, right, about yeah, this one? For, it, for sure. It took more swings than the average horror or comedy movie takes ever. So for that, it's got to be, um, you know, recommended and praised at some level. Um, so what's your GGR? My GGR, I don't really know. That's the great guns and roses. The great guns and roses of the movie blues. Um, I don't know. You know what? where you are? You're in the jungle, baby. The thing we about it... You <laughs> You're gonna bleed! Um, <laughs> I crossed over into Adam Sandler territory towards um, the end. <laughs> yeah, we're gonna um, I, I liked uh, about the movie that it felt like the kind of film where any character's head could explode at literally any time. I know, I know, just literally explode. Um, the kills were comical. I just, like, any time a character was center on screen talking, I was yeah. like, their head is going to explode, yeah, right? You, men you mentioned the girl falling into the pit of spikes, and I left my ass off at that moment. Um, okay, so I wrote down, I just found what she said. Uh, so this Trumpy <laughs> falls into a pit of spikes, um, and as she's laying dying in the pit, a liberal stands over her to finish her off or whatever, and she says, as she's dying, mouthful of blood, it's my birthday, I was gonna eat a whole pie tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> like, who the fuck wrote that line? <laughs> Like, what's something a Trumpy would say on their deathbed? And, uh, I was going to eat a whole pie tomorrow. That sounds about right. I mean, that was like one of the most abstract lines in the whole movie where I was like, I guess that works as as satire. To, like, that was written by someone who literally sees these people as nothing but <laughs> dumb yokels. They're like, what? They probably eat a whole pie every day. That's the most exciting part of their fucking birthday. That's what a redneck does. Um... <laughs> Um, one of the major things that I, I grappled with, and we've touched on this so far a few times, but just as a general, I just found it so bizarre that it was like liberals hunting uh, the left, hunting the right. Uh, I could surely play along with it, but like, why? I, I just felt like it just that's like a that's like a classic, like. Well, not it isn't. It is conspiracy isn't, trope. It isn't. It is, well, that that may be, but like if you look at. Um, other versions of this kind of movie, right? Like The Purge. The Purge is very much about the elite uh, hunting the lower class. But I think without it being stated uh, explicitly, the the characters in The Purge are, are right-wingers um, that are doing the killing. They're yeah. all very rich and extremely waspy. Like, extremely yeah. waspy. Um, and they're like congressmen and like all these it's weird... Like a, it's like a pseudo-fascist state. Like when I think of when I think of the true uh, like evils of this world, I'm not thinking of the left. I just am not. It just doesn't... I understand where the idea could come from. That's because the left wants to help people. That, but you could do that over and over. That's like the thing that repeats endlessly. That's the Ouroboros, just the snake eating its own tail. Like I, I know that like... I know that, like, you could keep digging and make anybody the enemy after a while, but at the end of the day, like you were saying originally, I just think the right are the bad guys. <laughs> like, in yeah. my life narrative, I see them as hunting me. I currently work with people that literally tell me every day. They're like, when the fucking walls come up and it's time, I'm grabbing my guns and you're first. Like, Can you, can, can you do me a favor and tell me how often they use the word boogaloo? Boogaloo? Yeah, do they describe the boogaloo? 
Uh, no, I've not heard the boogaloo. It's, no. uh, that's what uh, their whole idea about uh, that's when, their shit, skelter. when shit hits the fan. They got, so like they all on Reddit post like their boogaloo bags, like all their uh, whole cute. and like they have all these memes where it's like it'll be like Obama being like, and then we're gonna do this thing, and then it's like, all right, well boogaloo, I guess. Well, I mean, what I guess what I'm trying to say is like, and I I picture in an apocalypse situation when push comes to shove, the rednecks with the guns are gonna be on top, not oh, not. Yeah. The fucking liberals. Uh, oh, um, yeah. Ford but the thing is, down. without spoiling too much, the idea that this is some dystopian future where the left hunts the right, as it was made clear in the trailers, that may not be the full picture. So, in a way, it's kind of a self-defeating argument. But at the end of the day, yeah, I mean, there is another version of this movie I can imagine where it's not nearly as funny, where it's just the right hunting the left in the future, which is probably what's going to happen. Um, but I did appreciate not only that being turned on its head, but many other things throughout. Um, and uh, yeah, I mean, it played with my expectations in so many different ways that I really just... Uh, ended up appreciating it. It didn't really incite me or inflame me in any way. I just thought it was great movie making and really creative writing. So what's your GGR? Let me give it an 8 out of 10. Okay. Uh, uh, no, like a 7.75 out of 10. Nice. Strong. Are you going to put it on the board? I am, and unfortunately, uh, we're not in the same room anymore, so I'm going to have to take over board duties. You were doing a good job. I was. Except for um, when you decided to write Jason's stupid nonsense score <laughs> that neither of us give a fuck about on the board. Now I have to fucking look at his score all the time about a movie that he can't even promote this podcast over or else he'll suddenly get fired for going out and watching a kid's movie. Yeah. Well, it's, what, what, it's, Jason, what Jason Cohen's employers don't know is that he's also a pederast and a murderer. And... Um, Maybe when they hear that, uh, him and Carol Baskin will be the next two people on the chopping block. So thanks a lot, I was, Jay. I was literally about to do that exact same thing and say <laughs> his full name and everything. And I, and I, I'm so glad that you did it. Instead. No problem, buddy. <laughs> all right. Well, More anyway, to take over that. Uh, hey, Jimmy. all you cool, hey, uh, all you cool cats and kittens. Um, <laughs> enough said. <laughs> Um, Where were we at? Golden Gun ratings? Um, we're at Golden Gun ratings. Uh, yeah, there's still I, I more to talk I, about I, here. I, but. I give the movie like a seven. What did you rate it on the uh, initial bloody scrawl that you had sent me last time? What bloody scroll? Like you, you like uh, you sent me your journaled email to oh. read over the thing, and I think oh, there was a rating. It was a six out of ten. Did I mention the hunt on there? Yeah, I think you gave it a six out of ten. So seven out of ten feels good. Yeah, I believe that I gave it a six. Um. So uh, I want to I want to shout out somebody. I, I, I just feel the need to do this sometimes when I keep seeing someone over and over again, or think somebody's talented, or like really need to draw attention to an actor or something like that. Not that I'm going to affect any kind of change, but the actor Ike Barinholtz. I want you to look him up on your phone right now so you can get a good look at this guy. He's in this movie. He is quickly becoming maybe my favorite actor alive. Like, he is so good in every single movie I see him in. He's even good in Suicide Squad. The dude is fucking hilarious. I don't know. Uh, oh, yeah, this guy's so funny. And and every time I see him, I'm like, oh, he's pretty funny. And then, like, he's now from, it's, uh, it's He's game. down and down. Yes, he was the other, the rival baseball player in Eastbound and Down <laughs> and was absolutely fantastic in that movie. Um, yeah. I mean, in that show, which I've been thinking yeah. about actually rewatching that with Rachel. That's She's never seen it. That's the only that. funny part of the Mindy Project is that guy. He's hilarious. What did I just yeah. recently see him He's in? He's really funny. 
Ah, oh, he's so funny. I mean, he's just like, uh, just like an everyday type of dude, but he's got a really funny vibe. Um, I just love seeing him in anything. Um, so yeah. keep that up, Hollywood. Yeah, keep casting. Keep casting your movies <laughs> with people I like. Um, he was in Cockblockers. Cockblockers, I did not see. <laughs> Can you believe that movie even happened? <laughs> like a movie came out called Cockblockers. Well, it was just called Blockers, and they just put a rooster on all of the posters. <laughs> that might be one of the weirdest like marketing movie moments of all it, time. I, I thought it was a baller move, to be honest. Um, uh, so, uh, yeah, I mean, I think that pretty much sums it up. Uh, uh, what's his name from It's Always Sunny was in it? Uh, Rob Meckledouche? Rabble. What's his uh, name? No, that's not who was in it. Dennis Mc... Yeah. yeah, no, that's, uh, that's Mac. Uh, yeah, the Glenn Dennis. Howerton. Glenn Howerton, yes. Um, he was in it. I, I kind of wish he, he had and, more and, to and do. And he, sh he should have been in it, in yeah. his role. He's exactly who should have played his oh, role. Oh, he's exactly the guy that should be in yeah. it. I mean, he's yeah. played... He's played other roles recently that are uh, similar to that, but um, he was good in it. I, I kind of wish there was more of him. Yeah. Um, his best performance for me still is Fargo, the TV show, which I will recommend to all of our listeners. is one of the greatest TV shows of all time, um, and he has a role in one of the seasons of it where he plays like an exercise trainer from the 80s, and it's wild. It's definitely his weirdest role. Um, really like him in that, and also looking forward to... Uh, the next season of Fargo, which is coming out around uh, this year, and is starring Chris Rock, who keeps putting himself into the fucking weirdest things. I don't we know where we were talking about career resurgences. We're in the middle of witnessing one. Oh, that's a career suicide. The man is about to star in his own Saw reboot. Like, what are you doing, bro? Like, what the fuck? Chris Rock, like, was you basically... now, but three, three, three years from now... When they're on the 12th Saw yeah, Chris Rock movie. 60 episodes from now, when we're watching <laughs> Saw 12, we're going to be like, man, what a career resurgence Chris Rock had. You're like, wow. Thank, thank God he was on Fargo, to give him some cred. Thank, thank God, in combination of Fargo... And uh, yeah, saw uh, through, through, through the amalgam of two equally valuable mediums. Well, we never talked about. We didn't finish our talk about Chris Rock's Saw reboot. Did you ever end up seeing a trailer for it or anything? No. Well, it's called Spiral. First of I all, wanna, I want to. I kind of want to go in blind. It's called Spiral. Colon. I don't even want to know what the t tone is about. It's a saw. What is it? A, a saw story. It's called. Uh, <laughs> pretty much, it's called Spiral. Colon from the Book of Saw. Is there a book of Saw now? No. <laughs> Does that mean the whole book Saw was just a book series? Yes, that, that was like based a... on a, a young adult children's book, mystery yeah. book series. That's a really graphic called and strange, Little... <laughs> strangely, strangely paced book series. Yeah. It was called Little Judy and the Jigsaw Murderer. <laughs> yeah. um, so, Dan, do you have anything else? It was all else? an allegory uh, for abortion. What is it, you know? Um, do you have anything else that you wanted to say about the hunt? Um, before we uh, get TF out of here? No, you know, it's just one of those movies that I, I don't feel like anyone needs to seek out, but if you are presented with the opportunity to watch it, you should watch it. Yeah, I mean, I don't, I wouldn't say like, like, um, punch like a woman in the face. Don't go rent it. Like, don't go rent it. <laughs> don't punch a woman in the face to get to a red box machine <laughs> at a uh, uh, apocalypse level Walmart. Um, if I were instead. you, I wouldn't be touching any red box machines. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, and, uh, yeah, I, I would actually recommend it. I'd say if, if you're at home and you want um, a really good horror movie 
and something to laugh at and kind of just like divert your attention. It has great energy. It's not a slog at all. Like literally every scene built to something funny or amazing or violent, um, the, especially the first hour where the film seemingly does a lot of perspective changes. It was really riveting to watch. I had no idea what I was watching for a long time and I love that feeling. I kind of felt a little bit of the vibe that I felt from Cabin in the Woods. You've seen Cabin yeah, in the Woods, I'm assuming, yeah, where there's just yeah. a general sense of mayhem afoot, and I love it when like mayhem is afoot. I was um I was gonna compare it to Tucker and Dale vs. Evil earlier. It is similar. Yeah, it's a little bit similar to that. It's got it's got a good horror yeah. spoof vibe and, Cab and Cabin in the Woods is a more apt comparison. Yeah, it does a lot like Cabin in the Woods, it does a lot of flipping your expectations. Yeah. Um, and it flipped my expectations. I wanna be clear, this movie is nowhere near the quality of Cabin in the Woods. No, no, not uh, not a far cry off, but nowhere near just the fucking level of genius that movie got to. Yeah. Good God. When there's like the tar the tarantula wolf fighting yeah. like a, a giant bee and like the <laughs> gates of hell have opened. I mean, that's yeah. when you're making good movies. So um, I do love that movie and um, I really enjoyed this and hope that people uh, will seek it out. Uh, I think between this and The Invisible Man, it's a very good year for uh, mid-size horror movies. Um, yeah, I downloaded, I'm excited to watch The Invisible Man. I downloaded it and I'm looking forward to checking out Hansel and Gretel as well, which I like the trailers too. It's but, uh, Gretel and Hansel. Oh, right. They switched it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I actually heard a few things about why they switched it. Subverting expectations already. Yeah, my expectations are already upside down. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks, Ryan. <laughs> it, the Fiona Apple of... <laughs> Nursery rhyme. <laughs> <laughs> Nursery rhyme horror adaptations. Oh, God. Okay, you feeling good? This yeah. might be the shortest episode ever, but that's okay. We're doing yeah. this mobile. So. Well, Rachel will finally give it a seal of approval. Yeah, she'll be able to stomach this one before breakfast. Yeah. So uh, thanks to uh, everybody listening, and um, I think uh, that's going to be it um, for now. Yeah, cool. Uh, before we uh, leave today, I actually forgot we have a very special treat uh, presented and created and curated uh, by um, Dan Number Two. Uh, Dan Number Two, you want to lay this one out for everybody? Yeah, you know, it's just a little, uh, little, little tribute to some of the, the more highbrow moments of season one. Um, it was kind of originally meant to be some filler during the off season. But uh, like most things, I started it and promptly forgot about it. Mm. So... Um, it, it's it's done-ish now, and this seems like the perfect episode for some filler. But and with that crushing level of enthusiasm, we present to you compilation number one. Compilation number one. Let's take a trip down memory lane to see some of our more glowing reviews. Boing! I want some like goofy sound effects, but yeah, I don't have the sound part I, out. Yeah, I mean, you could have just added them in post instead Boing. of saying them with your voice like a weirdo. Boing. All right. <laughs> 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 that one was fucking fucked up. All right, enjoy. <laughs> uh, production value. We have a uh, juicy juice catering. Uh, <laughs> to our left, we have a full craft service table yeah. uh, sponsored by Juicy. Yeah, juice. we're in the studio. Uh, yeah, we're in the studio. Um, we're not on a broken down desk that I found in the trash at, <laughs> at a work site uh, at my construction yard. We are actually in the studio, um, sponsored by Juicy Juice, and they also enjoy Game of Thrones, so we can't trash it too hard. We are drinking Juicy Juice and scotch. 
Because... Welcome to your grandpa's favorite movie. Welcome to the movie Blues, discussing The Wire and MASH. <laughs> Welcome that... to OxyCast. Yeah, Welcome to OxyCast. Uh, for your rehab pleasure. Um, <laughs> trying to kick the mule. <laughs> um, so... Ripped for your halfway house. <laughs> yeah, ripped for your halfway house. But, Cheese um... sandwich. Anyway, Freddy Got Fingered Cast. <laughs> coming up right after this. You know, I'll tell you what I love about this podcast. Okay. Right? Is that... Um, rarely do I talk to another person who has a web of, <laughs> of pop culture things that they can jump to where I'm totally lost. Yeah, they, welcome to Jump Over Cast. I bring a movie to Dan. Dan brings a movie to Dan. Both Dans have a movie that the other Dan has not seen. Again, our audience can't see that you're currently wearing full dress clothes, drinking a juice box. It's a very... I feel like you said the power dynamic was off when you had the computer versus me. <laughs> yeah. I think the power dynamic is now off because you're fully in dress clothes, yeah. drinking a children's drink, and I'm, like, wearing my work <laughs> Yeah, clothes. it's the baller move. Um, anyway, this is a podcast where me and Dan basically can't remember, <laughs> can't remember the names of shows that we're trying to recommend <laughs> to each other. And so that kind of changed Star Wars history. And, you know, if anything is so bad that it changes the trajectory of the biggest franchise in the world, you know the Dan's are going to take a look at it. I mean, your this opinion means the passion. nothing to me. Yeah, exactly. Well, that's why we're good here. Yeah. Is I don't think either of us is actually listening to the other person. Right. <laughs> in the first episode, I had I'm you. just waiting for my turn to talk. Part of the Amazon collection. Yeah, if you check our site afterwards, we're going to have Dan's outfit yeah. breakdowns for you. 29 for a dress shirt. If you want to dress and look like Dan for half the price, so that would be $5 <laughs> instead of $10, um, check out our our outfits section yeah. of the website. Go to Amazon.com slash movie blues. Yes. Yeah. Or Israel.com backslash feedback. <laughs> I heard she's like a fucking nightmare to work with. That's why. Um, I wouldn't know, but um, she sure is cute. Can In we just film? get all the nasty things you're going to say about Harley Quinn out of the no, way? No, 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 no. I have those saved up in a special place. Don't worry. <laughs> um, I would say the top things are to glaze, uh, to, to gaze at the gloriousness of Harley Quinn Smith, who I think is going to grow into a beautiful woman. Um, and I'm probably going to get arrested for saying that. And then... Uh, the, the nice woman from Christine Married Children. Yeah, Applegate. yeah, she, Christine Applegate. She is like one of my all-time faves. Yeah, see, what else could you want? Uh, you got the, 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 that's a good question. The gigs, you got the gigs, you... <laughs> Carrie Moss wasn't in this movie. No, but she's in the memento. True. Yeah, she's not. And she had like really good like um, cold nipples in that movie right? <laughs> during one scene. It had like, like a like, shower scene. Like, with, like Batman-esque nipples. That movie, Red Planet, introduced me to side boob. I didn't, oh. looking back on it, it's like a very nice breast, yeah. but like when you first see that side boob and like the line that divides, it was like, it was harrowing. That's like different because if you put anything with a 50 foot tall robot, yeah. a 50 story tall robot, like butt fucking a, a giant crocodile, yeah. I'm going to fucking jerk off to and it. Yeah, there's like some sex talk that I like rewound and rewound <laughs> and rewound yeah. and rewound. <laughs> Um, thankfully you gave this to me on DVD, so I had my, uh, rewind function fully ready to go burning in my hand. I love that. Yeah. I have a lot of crushes for them, including Jeff Goldblum, who's yeah. wearing some very smart suits in there. Uh, There's a scene where she's giving her kid a bath. Right. Who's, like, seven. And she just jerks him off. And she just fucking jerks him off until he comes. She wants to fuck her son. She wants to fuck her son so badly that she has grief... Yeah, I went through a whole box of tissues during the book of Henry, yeah. and it wasn't because I was crying. It was because <laughs> she was in love with her son. <laughs> and it turned me the fuck yeah. on. Sarah Silverman is kissing a child on the lips right now. Why am I so aroused? <laughs> Let's not give away your best hiding spots on the pod. Though. Yeah, yeah. It was in my bedroom. That's my hiding spot. Okay, so, to Dan's mom, who's now currently searching his room. My, he's cleared it all out. My mom is not listening to this.
is. <laughs> I assure you. I am praying mine is not. So we're on the same page um, there. I'm praying my better sense to do this anytime soon. 4DX version, man. Yeah. We went up the roller coaster and the fucking seats tilted yeah. up, and I had a huge boner. I know. Dude. I was stroking it. Once everything was out and they were at the Fenway Park shit. Yeah. And my seat was like giving me a fucking blowjob, basically. I was like, this is awesome! I'm like, She's like, I'm like oh. yeah, god dang, yoga hosers, yeah. copyright 2019. Yeah. The girls say basic about 150,000 oh, times. They go, basic. And if anything bad happens, they go, that is so basic. Yeah. And, and then the good happens, they're like, basic. Batman's like, oh, where's the He's trigger? He's like, oh, where's the trigger? Yeah, Dad, get him. Yeah, that's show, the one, Dad. Kua. Where's the trigger? Huh, huh, huh. Where's the trigger? Where's the trigger? And they milk this. Joker, where's the trigger? They do it for like 45 <coughs> seconds. That is because it's like this. And Batman's like, where's the trigger? Sorry about oh, that. Sorry about that. Sorry about that. I almost um, laughed. Batman's like, oh, where's the He's trigger? He's like, oh, where's the trigger? Hitler turned right to the camera and was like, get mine wallet. It says bad motherfucker on it. Yeah, like, if Hitler turned to the camera and was like, I'm gonna walk the earth <laughs> like Kane. This would be like, let me, let me, let me put it in reference for you, Dan. This would be like if you went to go see Alfred Hitchcock's The Birds, <laughs> and the bad guy of the movie was Alfred Hitchcock, <laughs> dressed as a bird, going, chip a chip, chip chip, I'm a bird, I'm a bird. Hua! Blah, 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 baby. I, I want to do more <laughs> of that. Row one, baby. <laughs> oh, you've never seen row one? Come on, row one, baby. Baby. Hey, baby. All right, anyway. Shinless List Jokes, baby. <laughs> yeah, got him. Oh, yeah. It's like, it's like, I like that they kind of oh got him. They kind of acknowledge oh, yeah. when, when Henry is like, you don't have to lean into it. That doesn't do anything. And and, and like, Henry nice. was like, Mom, you don't have to lean into it. You know, you know, it doesn't do anything. And she's like, Back off! I'm about to level up. <laughs> oh, Henry's like, you're a dirty bag. And she's like, I know, Henry. She's like, it's fuck like, you, kid. Like, dude, you gotta go buy the book, Riggs. God damn it, Janet! How many times do I have to tell you to get this under control? God damn it, Henry! You can't come in here with your, you know, gruff and your and your theories. And I told you we can't prove it. And he's like, God damn it, woman! How many times do I have to show you all the proof? It's right before your eyes. So yeah, get notepads and pencils ready, kids. Be enormous. Like, I got Cranston. I got Binoche, baby. Yeah, yeah, Let's go. Up. I know what's in there. I know what you guys are hiding. Fucking Boston, dude! And they fucking uh, rich up Fenway, dude! monsters, baby! Oh my god! They blew up Boston? Oh, damn! toast. Boston got fucking destroyed. Dude. Boston is fucked, dude. Dude, Boston got fucking fucked wicked hot in this movie. Yeah. That's my wife out there! That's the kind of sad ago. note that an old man would kind of leave behind uh, <laughs> with an empty house and one TV in the corner. But yeah, I mean, it's really I just got Hulu do. just to get into MASH. That might be a good catalyst uh, for kind of like the Roseanne show where it's like... Where you know, Frazier becomes racist and gets fired. No. <laughs> yeah. You know, I uh, I appreciate you really going out on a limb to embarrass yeah. yourself here. No, no, no. The second one, okay, he's a Nazi. Or no, he's a Jew. Right. That has right, payas, right. He's got, like, payas and, like, a, yeah. and everything. Yeah. And he spit, he does the spit take and then slowly de-Jews himself. He, dude, she... I, I think that's just what she looks like. She just looks like shit. I mean, it's what she looks like now. Well, she's dead now. That's what I'm saying. Oh, I get it. You know. <laughs>
Should I not be uh, drinking juice juice box on on mic? Um, I think you can drink juice box on mic. All right.